Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Most people don't want to invest with a single person because there's risks there. So whether that team consists of your CPA and your attorney, that's important or other sort of business partners. But having a team is something that investors really look for. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Chris Rowley. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Theo. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for joining us again. So Chris was previously interviewed on the show by Joe, and that episode is 1665. So make sure you check that out to learn about Chris's background. As a refresher, he's a full-time real estate investor and CEO of Harvest Returns, a platform for passive investments in agriculture. He has been an investor for over 20 years and has a portfolio of single-family homes, multifamily, commercial properties, and income-producing agriculture. He is based in Fort Worth, Texas, and his website is harvestreturns.com. Harvest, H-A-R-V-E-S-T, returns, R-E-T-U-R-N-S, dot com. And so today is Sunday, so we'll be doing the special episode of Skill Set Sunday. And the skill set that we're going to talk about today is raising capital using a crowdfunding platform. But before we talk about that, Chris, do you mind telling us what you've been up to since we interviewed you about a year and a half ago? Yeah. Primarily focused on building our business and developing new agriculture deals and bringing on new investors. And we recently passed over $6 million that we've raised to help farmers across America and actually across the world. So that's kind of our passion is helping farmers continue to farm as well as providing investors a way to get into that asset class. Perfect. So let's talk about the skill set. So I'm going to let you say what you want about the best way to raise capital on a crowdfunding platform. And then I'll ask some follow-up questions to dive more into details on that. So take it away, Chris. Sure. So at some point during our investment careers, if we're investing in real estate or whatever you're investing in, you tend to run out of your own money. So that's when we start to look for other sources of capital. And one of the ways to get capital is you can reach out to your friends and family members, but those wells run dry after a while as well. So then you might want to look at a larger pool of investing. So since around 2015, there have been a number of real estate and other equity crowdfunding platforms that have sprung out all over the country and dealing with all sources of asset classes. So just looking at the real estate side, you have everything from people who want to raise money to do single family fix and flips. You have more established investor syndications that are doing multifamily or large commercial office buildings. You have people that are doing notes. You have, in our case, we're doing agriculture. So pretty much any kind of asset class, any type of real estate you can think about, there's a real estate crowdfunding platform out there. So if someone decides they want to raise money on one of these platforms, first thing you need to do is a little bit of research and decide okay, this is what I do. I'm a fixer flipper or I'm a wholesaler or whatever. Is there a platform that can help me put together a project and raise funds for that project? So do some research. You'll see that there's literally dozens and dozens of platforms. Some of them have different criteria for the investor. So best thing to do is to reach out and say, hey, what's your criteria for someone who wants to put together a syndicated project? They're going to provide you with a lot of guidance along the way, but just in general, there's some things you need to put yourself in the right mindset. And the first thing is, what are investors looking for? So 
chances are if you're raising money with a crowdfunding platform, you probably invested yourself. So you, you kind of understand that. But four things that people are always thinking about before they write you someone they don't know, potentially a check is what is my risk here? So I've identified your various types of risk. People don't like to lose money first and foremost. What are my returns? Is this sponsor capable of producing the returns that he or she is promising? Is this project viable based on the location, the timing, the plan, what they intend to do? And also what are potential tax benefits? How is it structured? How am I going to save money on capital gains or income? Am I going to see various sorts of beneficial tax losses, that sorts of things? And then people are also looking for a connection. So in our case, we do farm projects. So people like being part of helping somebody raise something or grow something, produce, be part of their food system. And the same thing can be true with just about any other kind of real estate. It's like, hey, I want to help this local community. I want to help this person bring jobs to this particular neighborhood, that sort of thing. The next thing you need to kind of dig into is looking at your numbers. The crowdfunding platforms are going to go into various types of due diligence. It might be as basic as just put up your listing on a platform and pay us and we'll promote it to our investors to we're going to really dig into the sponsor's background. We're going to dig into the numbers. We're going to dig into your track record. We're going to dig into your structure. Sure. It's always easier to raise if you've already done it before. So before you come to a crowdfunding platform with, hey, I need to raise $5 million, it's probably best if you put together a smaller sort of syndication on your own or with some other partners or piggyback with someone who has done this before. And you've got to have a team. Most people don't want to invest with a single person because there's risks there. So whether that team consists of your CPA and your attorney that's important or, you know, other sort of business partners, but having a team is something that investors really look for. So then it comes down to what does the crowdfunding platform want you to do? Sometimes they want to put your deals in front of particular investors that are qualified. And that comes into what sort of regulations you're going to do. And, and this is kind of the beauty of crowding funding platforms and why I strongly recommend this. If you decide, Hey, I just want to put together a real estate syndication on your own. The first thing you have to do is understand securities legislation, securities regulations, and there's a number of different entities that are involved with that. The SEC, the IRS, FINRA, state security agencies, and there's a whole new definition. You're going to have to go out and hire a security attorney and spend a lot of money up front putting together your private placement documents and things like that. Whereas if you go straight with a crowdfunding platform, they're going to do that for you, or they're going to help you with that process. And again, it varies from platform to platform. In our case, we actually have spent all that money up front with our securities attorneys, and we help our sponsors put together that thing. And it saves them a lot of money because we're essentially amortizing the cost of putting together securities documents. But to me, the two biggest hurdles are getting over the regulatory learning curve. And the second is getting out the pool of investors. The beauty of crowdfunding platforms is that they have a built-in pool of investors and they're jumping right into your offering and it's getting up in front of their eyes. And hopefully if you have done all your homework and put together an appealing plan, you'll be able to raise the money rather quickly. Thank you for that detailed breakdown. So I want to go back through starting from the beginning and then work my way through. So the first thing you said is to find the right platform. Mm -hmm. So I'm a fix and flipper. I am obviously not going to want to go on an agriculture crowdfunding platform and vice versa. You mentioned that there are a lot of fix and flipping 
crowdfunding platforms out there. I'm sure there might be a little bit less when it comes to agriculture, but I would imagine that for a lot of these more common strategies like multifamily, there's going to be a lot of different platforms. So I Google it. I got a list of 20 different platforms. How do I pick the right one? Great question. You're going to have to do some digging. There are some sites where you can do reviews of crowdfunding platforms, but they're mainly designed for the investor side, not the sponsor side. So dig through a few that look like they might be right. And then just definitely reach out to them and their sales or marketing team will get out to you and give you the basic criteria. And some lists very specifically like, hey, we only want to work with these types of sponsors who are doing these types of projects and maybe have this track record. And it's all going to really vary there. Some of them are very specific. Some of them are a little bit more open to having conversations. A lot of that depends on how long they've been in business and how large they are. The more established platforms are going to tend to have more formal criteria for listing a project. So basically reach out to them and figure out if you even qualify for that platform. But for the ones that I do qualify for, is it just whichever one I've got a good feeling about? Is it based off of some metric they have that they've got this many investors looking at it? Am I allowed to list it on multiple crowdfunding platforms? I'm only strictly stuck to using one. Great questions. To answer your last one first, generally, most of them are going to only want a single raise just for regulatory purposes on their platform. And they'll sign some sort of exclusivity agreement unless you're doing a very large deal that has institutional money and other slices of capital. But for a first time person reaching out to a crowdfunding platform, you can ask for a reference. So say, hey, can I talk to another sponsor that had a good experience? And we definitely do that for our new sponsors that come to us and any crowdfunding platform that wouldn't give you a reference I would be suspect of. Okay. And then the next step was to determine what the investors are looking for. And you broke it into four different steps the risk, the returns, the tax benefits, and then I think it's the connections or being helpful. The reason why they're doing this is because ultimately this information is going to be included on their offering posting. Like they want to have like four sections, FAQ type of thing, or is this more you need to know because these people are going to ask you questions about this. And if you can't answer it, they're not going to invest with you. It's a little of both. When they set up, we call it a listing, but when they set up your offering on their platform, there needs to be some way to distinguish it from all the other offerings. Most platforms are going to have multiple offerings running at the same time. So if you're an apartment complex in Oklahoma City, that's different than a commercial office building in South Florida, which is different than a fix and flip in the West Coast. So those basic facts need to be up there. And the crowdfunding platform is going to tell you what they need. They may ask for a business plan or a pitch deck. And those things are similar, whether you're raising money for a fix and flip or whether you're doing a startup and you're creating some sort of app or something. And there's some platforms for those as well. So if you're not necessarily a real estate person, but you want to raise money on crowdfunding platforms, there's, there's also platforms for those startup types of companies. And then the other part is you want to be able to just tell the investors what they're getting and as many details as possible that the crowdfunding platform asks for is important. And you will get questions. And once the raise is ongoing, that's kind of the next piece. Some platforms, they do it all for you. Some want the investor to be more actively involved. Some will want you to do a webinar, depending on how big your offering is. We do a lot of webinars and they tend to work well with presenting some sort of tangibility with a deal because you can kind of see the numbers on a thing, but unless you hear the sponsor's voice and you see, oh, this is a real person or he's got a real team, you have more confidence in trusting him with your money. 
I did want to ask about the listing. So you kind of gave us a few examples, but is there any secret sauce that people can do to make their listing stand out compared to all the other listings that are on there? Or is it just doing what the crowdfunding platform wants you to do and just stopping at that? It really depends on what you're trying to raise money for. In our case, our farms can be very unique. I tell people that if you've kind of seen one multifamily apartment complex syndication, you've seen them all, but with farms, you've seen one farm, you've seen one farm because they're very unique. And not only we're talking about different crop types in different locations, but different ways of growing things. So if you're on a real estate platform, people are looking for returns, but they're looking for the track record. I know when I invest on a real estate crowdfunding platform, I have more confidence. Location is important in the specific marketplace. There's some places I just won't invest, but assuming you're in one of the places that I'll invest, I am generally somebody who's got an experienced track record and that takes some time. So crowdfunding is not for someone who's just getting started, right? So you would say that in the beginning, you said they start off with their own money. They go through that. Next is a family and friends. And once they've gone through that, then they consider crowdfunding. I think that's important. We're all going to make mistakes in our investing career and our putting together deal career. As an investor, I'd rather not invest in somebody else's mistakes. I'd rather them have a little bit of a track record. Let's say you're a fix and flipper. Hey, have you done a handful okay, maybe I'll trust you with my money if you seem to have a pretty good track record of doing that. So it's hard work, as we all know. There's no free lunch in investing or putting together real estate deals. And then I'm sure you talked about this in your other episode with Joe, but I would like to ask just a few questions about agriculture. So if I'm someone who's interested in investing in agriculture, obviously I'm not going to be able to do this myself because I don't know anything about it. So a crowdfunding option is a good way to go. What types of returns should I expect when investing in agriculture? In my mind, I can compare it to fix and flipping and multifamily, mm-hmm. which I'm more familiar with. Yeah. On our platform, it's fairly similar. In fact, given that I was a real estate investor before I was an agriculture investor, we tend to structure the deals quite similarly. So we have debt deals. So think of like a hard money lender and those are 7 to 12% on the debt side, roughly. On equity deals... You're going to be talking teens. And then we have another category that I classify as either ag tech or more higher risk, but potential higher return where we could see a 20, 30, 40% IRR based on just what type of the project is. So we do a number of indoor agriculture projects. This is like vertical farms, hydroponic farms. It's a very big space right now and growing space because people are realizing that one, they want locally grown produce because they want to know how it's grown. It's also a sustainable way to produce. But two, after COVID, people are seeing that, wow, the food supply chain is not all that robust as we thought it was. And trucks don't always run and supermarket shelves can empty of meat and produce and having food produce closer in to where people live makes a lot of sense. So with those, you're going to see a higher return. And then I know for like a lot of crowdfunding, the minimum are really low. Is that the same for your crowdfunding platform? Like, do I need to have hundred grand or can I invest with five grand? Our starting minimum is five grand. Most deals are about 10,000 minimum ticket size. We have people that will invest a hundred thousand or 200,000 on a specific deal, but we would like to keep that low because we believe in diversification, not only across asset class, but across offering. So if you invest in a single platform or multiple platforms and you have many small investments, that's a really good way to diversify your portfolio, whether it's real estate or agriculture or any other asset class. All right, Chris, is there anything else that you want to mention about raising capital using a crowdfunding platform or any other call to action you have before we wrap up? 
Just obviously, if there's any farmers listening to this and they want to talk to us, we'd be happy to talk to them about how we can raise money. But if you're putting together a real estate syndication, before you go out and pay an attorney a lot of money, you've probably seen it. There's a lot of seminars out there. Just look into the crowdfunding platforms because you might be able to save yourself a lot of money and heartache and leverage what the work that somebody else has already done before you put that investment in yourself. Awesome, Chris. Well, thanks for joining us again and walking us through some of the tips for raising money using a crowdfunding platform from the perspective of the, the sponsor, obviously. And so we talked about you start with your own money and then you'll go to your family and friends next. And then after that, once that money's run dry, you've got the experience. The next potential step would be to raise money on a crowdfunding platform. And then you walk us through the things to think about first is to do research to find the right platform because not every single platform is going to cover all investment types. So for most of these platforms, you can actually reach out to someone to see what their criteria is. You can find websites that do reviews, which are kind of from the perspective of the investors, but still it could be helpful. And then you can also ask them for a reference. You can talk to another sponsor to see how were they able to raise all the money from this website, how was the process, things like that. And then you just mentioned that you can typically only have your deal on one website at a time. You can't have your deal on 30 different crowdfunding platforms. From there, the next step is to determine what your investors are asking for regards to risk, returns, tax benefits, and the connections, and make sure you're including that in your listing. Obviously, you want to look at the numbers and make sure that the deal makes sense because the crowdfunding platform might actually go into a lot more due diligence on you and your deal. Plus, it's easier to raise money that way. And then make sure you get your team in place, and then make sure you understand what the crowdfunding platform wants you to do. So Chris, thanks again for joining us. To learn more about Chris, you can go to harvestreturns.com. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.